Welcome to the Colonial Church STA podcast. The vision of Colonial Church is to build an exciting, vibrant, Bible-based church right here in the heart of St. Augustine, Florida. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. Who's ready for the word? Who brought their Bibles to the house of God? Proverbs 19 and verse 14. We'll put it up on the screen. So Proverbs 19 and verse 14 says this. A man's spirit will endure sickness, but a crushed spirit who can bear. An intelligent heart acquires knowledge, and the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. Verse 16. A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before the great. The one who states his case first seems right until the other comes and examines him. The lot puts an end to quarrels and decides between powerful contenders. Verse 19, a brother offended is more unyielding than a strong city and quarreling is like the bars of a castle. We're going to continue the series on relationships and I want to go to a certain place when it comes to relationships tonight that I believe will 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 really help us. I think it's an area when it comes to relationships that maybe doesn't get talked about a whole lot, but I believe it's one of the key things that if we can get right, will help us so much when it comes to our relationships, and that's the area of offense. Offense when it comes to relationships. So I want to preach a message with the title, What's Up With You? If you're taking notes, write that title down. What's up with you? Turn to the person next to you and say, what's up with you? What's up with you? Come on, let's pray. I really believe if we lean in, God will speak to us. Lord, we just thank you, Father, for your word tonight. God, we just thank you that your word speaks life to us always, Father. As we lean in and we're expectant, God, and we come under the preaching and the teaching of your word, Lord, we pray that it would help us live our lives better. God, thank you for Jesus Father, thank you for all that you're doing, especially this beautiful weather. We pray it would continue in perpetuity in Jesus' name. And we all said together, amen. Amen. First of all, how cool is it they're doing kids' worship outside tonight? Isn't that really cool? I just love our Colonial Kids ministry. It's so cool that they are doing worship outside without us. But hey, back to relationships. Relationships are everywhere. This has kind of been the premise for the series. Relationships are everywhere. Unless you're going to go to a deserted island with no power, no electricity, no communication, no nothing, and just be a complete hermit, put your head in the sand, just pretend like no one else is around. Unless you go and do that, you are going to be faced with and constantly surrounded by relationships. But here's the truth. God wants you to have not good relationships. He wants you to have great relationships. That's why we call the series Together, because together means all around us. We're doing life together with lots of different people, lots of different levels of relationship. And we call this series on healthy relationships, because God wants our relationships to be healthy. A couple of weeks ago, we spoke about words, how words have the ability to either build our lives or tear our lives down, and those around us, that words actually matter, that we can, we'll have to give an account for each word, Scripture says. But in relationships, and relationships matter, offense can also wreak havoc. 
Offense is the kind of thing, if we get offended and we become offended in our lives, it can filter into our relationships and it can completely destroy some of our relationships. It can cause them to grow stale. Offense is the type of thing that can cause our relationships to go backwards and sadly sometimes to die. Offense will hurt your relationships on all levels. If you're offended, if you've allowed offense to grab a hold of you, take root in your heart, it will affect your relationships. It will affect your friendships. It will affect your intimate relationships. It will even affect your friendships with people that come into your world. Offense is toxic. Offense is poisonous. It's corrosive. And make no mistake, mistake, offense will rob you of your God-given future and your potential. That's the truth. And I really believe when it comes to church life, this is a topic that doesn't get talked about a lot. You don't hear too many preachers and pastors getting up here and saying, well, let's talk about offense tonight. It's going to be great. But when it comes to having great relationships, I don't see how we cannot talk about it. I don't see how we cannot talk about it because offense will harden you to the point if it takes deep root in our lives where you will no longer see, hear, and feel the very thing that God wants to put into your life. It could blind you. It can cause you to stop. It can cause you to no longer move forward. And here's the truth. Offense is the bait of Satan. Offense is one of the secret weapons of the enemy. Oh my goodness, he loves offense. He absolutely loves a Christian who's offended. And the reason that he loves a Christian who's offended is because a Christian who's offended is ineffective. A Christian who's offended is not effective anymore because there's a blockage in their life and they're not able to flow freely into what God has for them. So they're always being stopped. They're always falling short and being distracted or being taken back to a past hurt, a past offense, which means they're not really living in what God has for them now. And I don't know about you, but I want to live in the now when it comes to what God has for me. Offense is one of the greatest weapons the enemy has over you and me if we let him have that place in our lives. He doesn't have the power to kill you. Jesus took care of that. But he has the ability to take you off track with offense. So here's a few verses for us tonight. Why my iPad is just crashing on me. Enemy, go. Get away from my pulpit. Proverbs 17 and verse 9 says, Whoever covers an offense seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates close friends. Ecclesiastes 10 and verse 4 says, If the anger of the ruler rises against you, do not leave your palace, for calmness will lay great offenses to rest. The Bible talks time and time again about offense, about how offense can be destructive, about offense can be divisive, about offense can, can rob people of good things. See, this is the thing about offense. It definitely affects me, but then it, it begins to affect others. If I'm an offended person, if I've allowed offense to hold me back, that means that other people around me are also being held back. That means my relationships, listen to me, friends, that means my relationships could potentially suffer. My marriage could suffer. My relationship with my kids could suffer. My relationship with my co-workers and the people that I do life with could suffer because I am living offended. 
So point number one tonight is this. Offense begins in our hearts. Offense begins in our hearts. You talk about offense, where it really gets us, it gets us in the heart. And it can affect our relationships. It can spread and offense will corrode you, listen to me, from the inside out. It will corrode you from the inside. This is why it's so critical and so crucial to teach about this in church. Because offense can get you. Offense can take you out. Offense can hold you back. And it's important to talk about it because offense begins in our hearts, which means it's not a surface level issue. I'm going to say that again. This is the thing about offense. This is why we need to talk about it when it comes to relationships because it's a heart issue. It's not a surface level issue. But make no mistake, if you're offended in your heart, we'll hear about it through your mouth. We'll hear about it through your mouth because eventually we'll hear it through the words that you say, the way you talk, the tone you use. But offense begins in our hearts. Offense goes deep down. It's a deep issue. It hurts our heart. It takes root within. But it finds its way out of our mouths, in our talk, in our speech, in our tone. You know when offense comes into a relationship, it goes down deep. It doesn't just stay at the surface level. There's something that's, that's always there. You ever met someone who's offended? It's just like you just cannot get past this thing. You cannot get past this thing. You can't go to the next level with this person because there's an offense that no one can get past. So it hurts the relationship. Proverbs 19, I think it's verse 11, says a brother offended. No, verse 19, 19, that's confusing. Proverbs 19 and verse 19 says a brother offended is more unyielding than a strong city. And quarreling is like the bars of a castle. You think about that for a moment. A brother offended is more unyielding than a strong city. Some translations say fortified city. See, this is a military term. Someone who's offended, who has allowed offense to come in, is more unyielding than a fortified city. Just think about that for a moment. Someone who's offended you can't, get past, you can't get past a fortified city. I mean, it's a strong city. There's military weapons. There's, this, this city is set up to defend itself. You ain't getting into this city. It's not going to happen. And the, the Bible makes a comparison between that and someone who's offended. And the reason is because our hearts control everything. Our, control, our hearts are where, where the offense comes in, becomes the battle room for our lives, and all of a sudden, no one can get in. No one can talk to me. No one can, can reason with me. No one can sit me down and say, have you seen this perspective? More unyielding than a strong city. I don't know about you, but I want my life to be yielding. Not unyielding to the point where no one can talk to me anymore to the point where no one can reason with me anymore, no one can help me get over it. It's scary because our heart is the control unit for our lives. It's the battle room, the engine room, the headquarters. It's the place where it all happens. And like we said a couple of weeks ago, the condition of our heart determines the story of our life. If you're offended, the story is going to be compromised. 
If you're offended, the path you take is going to be different. If you live offended, constantly thinking about offense with your relationships, your relationships aren't going to be that great because you're never going to be able to get over that thing. It takes root in our hearts. Is it cool if I talk about this in church? I mean, this is okay. It's pretty quiet tonight. But it takes root in our hearts and we begin to say things to ourselves. This is, what, this is what happens with offense. People start saying things like, I can't believe that person hurt me. I can't believe that that person would do that to me. I can't believe that happened to me. But it did. That thing, man, that really messed me up. Man, I was so wrong by that person. That person really, really did that to me. We begin to say things to ourselves and these words that we start internalizing start to take root in our hearts. Something that King Solomon, the wisest man in the world said in Ecclesiastes 2, at a time in his life when he was down and out, he'd brought his own wisdom under the sun, he was no longer trusting God. But he said something incredible. He says, then I said in my heart, in verse 15, he says, then I said in my heart, what happens to the fool will also happen to me also. What then have... Why then have I been so wise? And he says it again. He says, and then I said in my heart that this is vanity. See, this is what we do when it comes to offense is we start to say things to our heart. We start to say that very thing, that hurt. We start to internalize it and say, man, I can't believe that happened to me. I can't believe that they would do that to me. I can't believe that person walked past me, didn't say hi. Shouldn't they know what I'm going through right now? The tough time I'm in. Even little things can begin to, to take root. But Solomon, he told his own heart to be wrecked. He told his own heart, be offended. Struggle with this. This person is ripping you off. He told his heart, he said, I said in my heart to be downcast, it says. And that's how it works with offense. We tell ourselves, I can't believe they did it to me. They really hurt me. So point number one is offense begins in our hearts. And point number two is offense is a dream crusher. Offense is a dream crusher. I want to make something completely clear tonight. If you allow offense to rule you, you will miss things that God has for you. You will struggle to fully obey God in your life. You will feel a constant blurring in the God vision for your life. You'll miss what God is doing over here because you're still focused over there. You'll miss what God is doing, the new thing, the amazing thing. Maybe it's in church life and people are going to a deep place in worship. People are going to a deeper levels of understanding and revelation in, in what, who God is and what He has for us and all the good things that are happening. But because of your offended heart, and your offended state, you're over here still thinking through and internalizing and having this battle with yourself and your own spirit and allowing yourself to be overcome that you completely miss what's happening over here. Offense is a dream crusher. Offense is the type of thing that puts a huge dead end to the life of our faith, to the things that God is doing. I said it before, but the enemy loves an ineffective Christian. He loves it. It's like his favorite thing. Because he's like, this person, yeah, they know the truth. They've kind of figured a few things out, but they've kind of got this offense going on, and it's great. It's great because 
They're not telling anyone about how great God is. They're not being generous with their lives anymore. They're not going to team night and going deeper into what's happening at church. It's awesome. This person's just lukewarm. Just stuck in this state of offense. Not going any deeper. Offense is a dream crusher. I don't know about you, but the dream for my life is the God dream. And if I don't have the God dream because of offense, it means I'm not living the God dream. And I don't know about you, but I want to live the God dream because there's no better dream for me. Come on, let's give God some praise. When we do it His way, it's the best way. I'm telling you, church, if we can get this right, so much changes. But offense doesn't just affect me, it affects the people around me. And Jesus was particularly straight up when it came to offense. In John chapter 6 and verse 61, he says something pretty amazing. He says, it says, but Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, he said to them, do you take offense at this? He asked them directly, do you take offense at this? It's not like he said, I can't believe that you're dealing with offense right now. I can't believe that you're, you're, you're being confronted by an offense. He asked them this. He said, do you take offense to this? And this is the way offense works because none of us are immune from offense. Can I just go there right now? You just be in church about six weeks long. You'll get offended by someone, especially in our church. And why I say that is because we're always changing. We're always doing things that are different. We're always trying new things. We're always going for it, taking risks. You spend a bit of time in our church, someone's going to do something, it's not going to be intentional, and you could get offended. But Jesus says, do you take offense at this? And I got my um, trusty props over here. It's a little bit heavy. If you know me, you know I don't do props very often, so this is going to be a good one. But offense in the Bible is translated as, in the Greek, scandalon. That's the word. It's where we get our English word scandalous. Because that's what offense is. It's scandalous. It's like, I cannot believe that person did to me. I cannot believe it. It's scandalous to me that that person has offended me. That person has done that thing to me. But it's literally called, it's, it's described as, as a trap and a rock and a, and a stumbling stone, a thing that can get in the way. And this is what happens with offense. If we allow offense to get into our lives, it presents itself. And I got a little offense right here. It's coquina rock, just so we can relate to the locals. I'm just kidding. I don't think it is. Um, <laughs> upon further review, it's not. But someone does something to me in church life or just in life generally, and there it is, there's the offense. And this is what we do. We say, okay, I'll, I'm going to take that offense. I'm not going to tell anyone about it. I'm just going to just let it go deep down. I'm going to hold on to it. That's what we do. We hold on to it and we put it in our pocket. And then we just do, go back to life. We haven't dealt with the offense. We've allowed it to come in. 
And then what happens is another season of life comes along. And because we haven't dealt with that offense, this is what happened. The rock grows. The thing gets worse. The effect is greater. And then the next season of life, it begins to look like this. And this actually is cocaine. And we carry this around. It's grown. It's, it's, it's festered. It's, it's become a bigger deal. We've been telling our heart more often about it. It's become a greater thing for me. It's become a bigger deal. What actually probably happened was so minor and so, man, I should have just forgotten all about it and not even let it affect me, has gone from a tiny little rock to this thing now. And this thing now in my life is kind of annoying. It's kind of annoying because, you know, there's bits of it breaking off and that's affecting other people. People see it. People hear it. And I'm just walking around with this mid-sized rock all the time. And I mean, I don't know. I don't have pockets that are big enough to put it in. I just, like I just... <laughs> but it can get worse. And 20 years later, if we haven't gotten honest with ourselves and gotten honest before God, forgiven if we needed to forgive and moved on if we needed to move on and we're still holding this thing 20 years later, we're doing this. <laughs> Stole this from a construction site. <laughs> Just kidding. And now my life is so constricted by this thing, by this offense that I can barely function properly anymore. That spiritually speaking, I can't actually move around at all. I can't move to the next thing because I'm carrying this thing and I've made a decision that I'm holding on to it. And 20 years later, I'm saying things like, man, you know, I can't believe 20 years ago when I went to that church, that person, they said that thing to me. They did that thing to me and I got you know, this or that, and it's become this. And I can't move around for longer than about 30 seconds with, 30 seconds more with this thing, and then I'm going to have to drop it. And, you know, I can get creative. I can try to switch hands and try to try to figure it out. God doesn't want you to carry this thing around anymore. He doesn't want you to live your life with this thing. He doesn't want you to live your life with this problem, with this this thing that is so far back in the past. And, and can I just say for a moment, I'm not minimizing your pain, not minimizing the fact that you were wronged, not saying that what that person did or said maybe was the wrong thing, but here's the thing. Humans are human. People are people. But if we let offense take root in our lives, that can happen. And that will rob us of everything that God has for us. It's a dream crusher. Offense will crush our dreams and those rocks of offense will grow unless we deal with them. A small offense turns into a big one if we don't deal with it. How do we deal with offense in church? Well, we become bigger people. I'm going to say that again. How do we deal with offense in church life? We become bigger people. We become bigger people. We get honest with ourselves and God and we allow God to be the one who administers justice in our lives. And in our hearts, again, I'm not saying that, you know, what you went through wasn't justified or what, did, you know, 
I'm not saying that for a moment. I'm just talking about your future, talking about what's next for you, talking about all the good things that God has for you. So but I wanted to pause inside point two. I wanted to give us three ways to handle offense. Is that okay? I want everyone to take note of these because these are the best three points I've ever come up with in my life. <laughs> three ways really quickly to handle offense when it comes our way. These are going to be practical. But the first is this, believe the best in people. When it comes to offense, first port of call, believe the best in people. Don't become a cynic. Well, you know, they're, they're always, you know, it's just like people are always letting me down. People are always messing me up, messing my plans up again. Believe the best in people. Be the type of mature believer that doesn't point the finger immediately and say, man, why did you do, you know, no, 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 no. To say, you know what, they're probably going through something, something's going on, it's all good, I'm good, I'm cool. Believe the best in people. Paul spoke about this to the church as a way to love people. Remember, we're talking about relationships. See, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 6 and 7, he says, it does, not, it does not rejoice at wrongdoings, speaking of love for others, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. But listen to it in the Amplified. Verse 7, love bears all things, regardless of what comes. And I love this, believes all things, looking for the best in each one. Looking for the best in each one. You know, when I, I come across someone in church life and maybe because I'm not perfect, I think, man, this is a challenging situation. This person maybe is doing something that maybe I don't exactly want them to do. I can honestly say the first thing I try to do is I just focus on what they do do well. I focus on what they, what they are able to do well, what, what they actually do do, which is great. Believe the best in people. It will hold you back from offense. The second thing we should do is we should give it to God. We should just do this, Timmy. I'm out. Give me that rock. Comes along again, Timmy. I'm out. Another offense comes a few years later. He dropped that one. <laughs> Handle the rock of offense the right way. Just keep giving it to God. Believe the best in people, and when you see the offense, give it to God. Say, it's yours. I'm done with it. I'll let you take care of it. I'm moving on. And that's my last one, forgive quickly and move forward. So believe the best in people, give it to God as soon as possible and forgive quickly and move on. Water off a duck's back. Seriously. Water off a duck's back. Oh yeah, this happened. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's kind of not a great situation. You know what? I'm moving on. God will take care of it. He'll take care of them. He'll take care of me. It's all good. Moving forward is the key because what does offense do? It stops us from moving forward. Forgive quickly if you need to forgive and just move forward. That's how you handle offense because it's always going to come around. There's always going to be the opportunity to be offended. Can I just be honest for a moment? There's always going to be the opportunity. Something someone says, something someone they do, didn't like my picture, Walk down the street, they didn't give me the wave, they always give me. Walked out the front, the pastor ignored me. 
probably focused on something else, got nothing to do with you. But we've got to get good at just believing the best in people, giving it to God and just moving on. Moving forward into everything that God has for me. And point number three, when it comes to relationship, overcoming offense leads to the abundant life. You know, someone who's offended, it's like, what's up with you, man? Like, what's, what's up? Like, like, there's something up with you. Like, what, what's up with you? Just let it go. Move on. The greener pasture awaits for the people who let go of offense. In Proverbs 19 and verse 11, it says, good sense makes one slow to anger. But look at this. And it is his glory to overlook an offense. Think about that for a moment. It's his glory to overlook an offense. So it's not as though the offense may not have happened. It's not saying that. It's saying it's to his glory to overlook it. To overlook it. You can live a glorious, abundant, beautiful life if you just let offense go. Clear mind, clear heart, spacious spirit, able to receive everything that God has for you, not worried about that person or this thing. It leads to the abundant life. It's a glorious way to live when you are free of offense. There's a guy who came to our church last year and spoke at our Kingdom Builders Gala. We had our first ever Kingdom Builders dinner last year. And his name's Andrew Denton. And a lot of you remember Andrew, he's an amazing guy, he's a property developer in Australia, he was the first ever Kingdom Builder at Hillsong Church. And he said something incredible at that, that dinner, and he said it again on the Sunday at church, and if you weren't there, please listen to the podcast. But he talked about offense. He said, you think that 30-something years of serving Pastor Brian and Bobby, being one of the main Kingdom Builders on the board of Hillsong Church, in the world, doing everything. You won't think there weren't times when I could have got offended. You think there weren't times when Pastor Brian maybe did something or one of the key executive teams maybe did something that I didn't agree with or I didn't like or I didn't want to go with that idea. Do you know how many times, how many thousands probably of times I could have been offended in church life? And so what he said was this. He said, I just became unoffendable, unoffendable. He said, I just decided for my own life and my own heart, I'm not going to get offended. Period. He had wristbands made up and he gave them to some of our team. It said unoffendable on his wristband. And he was just deciding, he's like, you know, I'm, I'm sowing into the vision of this church. I'm a part of what God is doing here. I'm not going to let offense take me off track. I'm not going to let offense rob me from what God has for me. I'm going to stay unoffended in life. You know, I just read Proverbs 19 and verse 11, but in the message it says, smart people know how to hold their tongue. It says their grandeur is to forgive and to forget. I don't know about you, but I want to be a baggage-free Christian. Anyone love having baggage-free friends? Baggage-free friends are the ones you just hang out with and you're like, man, it's just so awesome hanging out with you. Because... 
You're just so easy to hang out with. There's no baggage in your life you're trying to dump on me or make me carry. Or, or worse still, I got to watch you carry all this stuff I know and you know and we know. We all know that you shouldn't carry it anymore. Let's be baggage-free people. Let's be the type of people that decide offense has no place in my life. Give it to God. Forgive quickly. Let it go. Team, you can join me. But you know what? I wanted to finish with this thought, but you know, Jesus was described in 1 Peter chapter 2 as a rock of offense, a stumbling stone. And what that means, and that was prophesied by the, the Old Testament prophet. But what that meant was that Jesus was just like this for people. He was the type of person, the type of savior, the type of figure in a person's life that would either become the stumbling stone for them for the rest of their lives, or he would become the rock that they build their lives on. And I don't know about you, but I want to build my life on Jesus. I want to build my life on a rock called Jesus, the greatest foundation there could ever be. But if we allow offense to come into our lives, we'll spend our lives stumbling over the rock of offense, stumbling over this thing that just keeps coming around and around and around. But there are people in here tonight, you just need to decide, I'm going to build my life on Jesus and I'm going to let the offense go. I'm going to build my life on the rock. It was called the rock of offense because the message of Jesus is offensive. I once did a wedding one time and I basically just talked about Jesus in the wedding nonstop. Jesus should be the center of your life and build your life on Jesus and your marriage will be successful if you have Jesus and the threefold cord is, is you and is her and guess what? It's Jesus. What was I saying? I was saying build your life on Jesus. But then I had people that didn't know the Lord and I heard through different people that were just like offended that I talked about Jesus so much. The rock of offense gets in the way, holds us back. Come on, let's stand. Let's not be the type of people that are going to live our lives offended, held back from the promises of God, held back from the goodness of God, held back from the great thing that He has for you. I want to pray for some people tonight because this is real. This is the type of thing that the enemy loves to get us with. He loves to try to get us in a corner, get us offended, get us holding on, carrying that weight. And I want to pray with people tonight. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to, we're going to worship for a little bit. We've got time, plenty of time. But I wonder if you would get honest with God tonight. Honest with yourself, but honest with God. And you saw me holding those stones up here tonight. I wonder tonight, if, if tonight is the night, you're just going to drop that thing. You're just going to drop that past hurt. You're going to drop that offense. Maybe there's bitterness, resentment. Maybe it came from a past relationship. We're talking about relationships. Maybe there's a relationship where you got so hurt that if you're honest with yourself, you're offended by that. It's holding you back from everything that God has for you. You know it's a stumbling block. You know it's a stumbling stone. 
See, that's the thing about the Christian life is I can get up here and say this and say that, but eventually you've got to get honest with God. You've got to get to a place where you, you say, you know what, this is an issue for me. This is actually something that I need to deal with. So what we're going to do is we're going to have some worship. And if that's you tonight, I wonder if you'd get honest with God. I wonder if you'd say, you know what, that guy up there, he's right. I've got to let this thing go. Maybe you're in here with your spouse and together you've been offended by something together that happened a long time ago. I wonder if both of you would come up here and let us pray for you. So we're going to have leaders down the front. They're already here, pretty much right here right now. But if that's you tonight, I want you to come down let us pray for you. During worship, no one's going to be looking down here. People are going to be worshiping, doing their own thing, but we want to pray for you. So you can leave that stone here, leave that offense here, and walk into everything that God has for us. So when we begin to sing, you just come and we'll pray for you. Lord, we just thank you, Father. Thank you for the opportunity, God, to walk free in this life, to not be held back, Father, by the things that want to hold us back, by the enemy who does want us to become ineffective because of offense, Lord. Father, I just pray that we can take this stone, Lord, and we can set it aside. Father, we can leave it to the side of our lives and we can just move on around it, on it in towards everything that you have for us, God. Lord, help us to be honest with ourselves, to humble our hearts, God, to leave pr pride by the wayside tonight, Lord, to allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives for the Holy Spirit right now, even in this moment, to expose areas where offense has taken up residence. God, I just pray right now, Father, that the Holy Spirit would penetrate hearts tonight. In Jesus' name. Come on. Well, we hope you got something out of that message. We would really love to connect with you. Why not join us at church on Sundays or connect with us at colonialchurch.life. We would also love it if you could hit the subscribe button, maybe leave a comment for us or a review to really help us move the ministry of Colonial forward. In Jesus' name, God bless you.